0: Yours podcast. I'm Jerry. And I'm Krista. And today we are talking about listening.
1: Listening.
0: <laughs> how to listen, how to be a good listener. You know?
1: Yeah. But first things first, we have our email, always love yours podcasts at gmail.com with a Z on yours. Uh go ahead and email us anything for our just a tip advice column column segment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you can also hit us up on IG at Always Love Yours Podcast, yours with a Z.
1: Yes. Uh, so if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, we would love to interact with you guys. But yeah. So, Jared, what have you been doing to love yours?
0: Well, that's a good question. Um, one thing that I've been doing is I've been focusing on being a better student. Um, I did the assignments for my classes but then I actually read <laughs> the chapters, because <laughs> I mean you could just like type in command F to find you know keywords yeah. to answer the questions, mm-hmm. but I felt like I, when I went to class last time, I wasn't uh knowledgeable enough about the information, so this time I actually read the chapters, most of them <laughs> and <laughs> and i I felt really good when I was in class, and I felt like I really knew what I was talking about, so that really felt good. How are you loving yours?
1: I feel like you always forget what' like. <laughs> Um, I, I I was sick For the last three days well, well the beginning Well last weekend till like Wednesday You're welcome um, Yeah Jared got me sick <laughs> Actually I think it was like a culmination of things It was like stress Working with kiddos And Jared being sick too <laughs> Yeah. Um, so just letting myself rest I think I also have been Trying to be a little bit more assertive with my needs as well so that's something new because I have a really hard time (laughs) doing that um but I have and it's it's been great I I feel an automatic relief from it because you know sometimes especially being in the helping field you try to accommodate and help as much as you can and you always put other people's needs other people's agencies other people whatever before yours Mm -hmm. and you feel guilty whenever you assert yourself. But you know, when I did it was like nice. And yeah. There you was, go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, what have you been into recently?
1: I've been into this game called Greece. Greece? G R I S.
0: I think so. Or Gris. It's
1: it's, it's grey in Spanish, basically. Yeah. Greece. And yeah. And it's one of the most frustrating games because I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on, but basically, it's this girl who is going through a lot, and you start off in a world that's gray, black, and white, very dull colors. And what system? The Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. Thanks to Jared. <laughs> the- and it, it's a game about grief and her journey through grief, and... It's super awesome. Like, I never thought I would get into a game in general, like any of those, like, journey games or mm-hmm. what do you call them?
0: Adventure games.
1: Adventure games. But I've been so, like, consumed in this game because it's, like, it's amazing. And so you just go through and you have to collect light, like a beam of light that turns into colors. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy because when you go through it, Like, I only have one color right now. I got red. And when the red came out, she was, like, crying, and it was really intense. And I was like, wow, I feel you, girl. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this games are super therapeutic. But I think one of the coolest things about this game is that there's, like, wind that pushes her back, Mm -hmm. but she still moves forward. And I think that's, like, a great metaphor for grief, and I think it's a great metaphor for a lot of things, but... I don't know. I thought it was really symbolic, and I really liked it because I could relate to it. It was very cathartic, like, Mm -hmm. weirdly enough. But, yeah, so I'm excited to keep going. And whenever I get stuck and I ask Jared for help, I get so upset when he doesn't help me because I'm like, (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, I've been really enjoying it. So what have you been into?
0: That's a good question. I was thinking about what am I into. But, I mean, I've really been into... um, uh, Last week, my client was sick um, for two days, and the first day I got, went to go to an elementary school, and I got an opportunity. I was telling the teacher, like, hey, um, I know I, I'm here to help my kid, but he doesn't need any help right now, and you want me to help other kids, which I, I love to help other kids. Yeah, um, you but if yeah, like, yeah, but if nobody's coming over here, no if I work on my thesis, and she's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then she's like, what, what, what are you working on your thesis on? And then I was like, oh, um, math fact families, you know, how two plus... Five equals seven and seven minus two equals five, you know, that's a fact you family. Lost me already. And then <laughs> well and then you can do it on multiplication and division too, like two times three equals nine. No, wait, that's wrong. Two
1: <laughs> wait, two times 3 <laughs> two, is two, two six. Th-
0: Three is six, and then six divided by two is three. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those are fact families. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, "Oh my god, that's so cool! I never thought about it like that." And then she had me teach the whole class, and this is a gen ed class. And gen ed
1: means like a typical developing class.
0: Exactly, of uh, fifth and sixth graders, and they caught I, I was, as I was teaching it, they caught on so easily, so quickly, and it was so much fun. And I was just like, I was in my element, and I realized how much i mean i really love uh doing um being a behavior interventionist but I what, I what i what i love even more is education and education reform and it just gave me a renewed vigor for what i really want to do and writing my thesis and trying to get to where i want to get to so i'm like really trying to figure out like how can i really put my mm-hmm. put my foot in the ass of this thesis
1: <laughs> so you've been basically doing what you love
0: yeah yeah. Teaching. Yeah. And yeah. it really just like makes me happy. I'm like wiggling right now. Because <laughs> I I'm so know. Happy. You're so excited.
1: <laughs> okay. So uh, today we will be talking about listening and more specifically active listening. So active listening is a technique that is used in counseling, therapy, training, and in a way it solves disputes and or conflict. And it requires the listener to fully concentrate understand and respond and then remember what is being said which seems like easy I think a lot of people are like I'm a great listener Mm -hmm. I'm a great listener um and you probably you might be but sometimes it's like I think a lot of times when you go to a friend people try to give advice right away and being an active listener and being there for someone is is more than that Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so why do you think that active listening is important?
0: Um, I think active listening is important because it makes the the speaker feel heard. Mm-hmm. Um You know, so often that people are concerned or consumed with, okay, I got this thing that I want to say, so I'm going to hold that in my head while the other person talks. And then when they stop, I'm going to say what I've been wanting to say. But in that entire time, they're not listening to the other person. Mm -hmm. When you're listening to somebody, you're silently in your head saying what they're saying as they say it or like a few seconds after. That's what, listen, that's kind of how my uh, professor, Dr. (laughs) Slinger, described it when we were going over verbal behavior. So if you're not doing that, then you're not listening. And if you're holding on to what you want to say and aren't, like, saying what they're saying in, in your head, then you're not listening.
1: You're not being present. And nope. you might, like, not be able to catch something that's super important that they said.
0: Exactly. And
1: I think listening in general, you know, for me, I, this is one thing that I've been really trying to learn, being a new um, therapist trainee, is listening. And it's hard, it's mm-hmm. so hard because we all have our lives and we all have our judgments and biases and opinions. And sometimes, you know, that kind of overflows. And, you know, we live in a society, especially nowadays with social media and everything. I know we talk about a lot, that we're all so self-absorbed and self-centered, mm-hmm. that thinking about other people is becoming rare. And people are, like, praising the fact that people when people do think of other people, but that's ha- how it should be. Like, mm-hmm. it's not... The world is not created because of just one person, you know? it's mm-hmm. There's so many b- different personalities, and, you know, I think that um, listening would really help a lot of relationships. I think listening will h- really help a lot of families. Listening can help a lot of friendships. It can help everything. So... Uh, we're going to go through some tips and some things that we've learned uh, in our classes and in the field and everything about active listening. And, yeah, first we're going to start with Jared because he has some cool stuff that he learned that I I learned. But, like, it's interesting because it c- you're, like, really focused on that because it comes from your background. Yeah. Which is be overt behavior. <laughs> exactly.
0: So mine is the visible behavior, the things that you can see and things that other people can see from an outsider's perspective. Yeah. Um, And then we're going to go to you for... For
1: just tips that I've learned as a therapist of listening and active listening and being with someone.
0: Excellent. We get two sides of the coin. (laughs) So, first of all, we're going to briefly talk about the four dimensions of attending behavior, attending to a speaker. So, one, eye contact, meeting the other person's gaze. That's the quickest, easiest, fastest way to show that you're listening. Number two, attentive body language. Not being dismissive or turning your body away, but leaned in toward them, toward the speaker. Mm -hmm. That way you're showing with your body language that you're listening. Number three, vocal style. Changing your speech patterns can show interest or lack thereof. You know, (laughs) you can change those to show that you're listening. If you're monotone, it's going to be very hard for you to come off as listening and interested. And number four, verbal following—follow up a response addressing what the person has just said. Mm-hmm. Um, this all this information comes from this book, Ivy at all. I don't know what year. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's about clinical interviewing, but it really is about how to listen. So mm-hmm. those are the the four thing dimensions of attending behavior.
1: And I think that's really important because I think nowadays people are just on their phones, and like eye contact is not a thing. Mm-hmm. Like. People also don't practice eye contact, so it feels very vulnerable and, and that's how it's supposed to be. Like, especially with people that you know and your family and your friends and your significant others, like making that eye contact is important. Like I'm looking at Jared right now
0: yeah. <laughs> and And I think that it's also important to talk about cultural differences. Yeah. Because I remember one girl, um, black girl in one of the classes I work in. She was like, I cannot look somebody directly in the eye when they talk to me. I just can't do it. Yeah. And a lot of African-Americans and black people don't necessarily provide that much eye contact. Yeah. And it's not necessarily rude. It's just the way that uh, that culture is. Yeah.
1: And so, exactly. That's a great point, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Culture does play a huge role in it because, like, I'm Asian and, like, looking, eye contact is, like, a very aggressive thing. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, a lot of, if you see a lot of people who are Asian or anything, it might not, you know, they might not look at you right away or there's just, like, they don't want to, quote, unquote, challenge you. So, and this goes for any, like, any culture, yeah. you know? Um, so that is definitely a factor. But I, I think if you are, like, living in the Western society and um, you've been here for a long time, then I think um, I Can't Contact can really show... That you are interested. Because a lot of times when I think someone's like not looking at me when they're talking, I think they don't want to talk to me or they're uninterested or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And also like if eye contact's not your thing, like if you're the person that's talking, like tell that person and maybe you'll get an explanation as to why. They don't do eye contact Mm -hmm. or, (laughs) you know.
0: Or, you know, just explain that you don't feel comfortable necessarily providing such eye contact, but you are listening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, it may not seem like I'm listening, but I just kind of feel uncomfortable with all the eye contact. So I just want you to know I am listening, but eye contact is kind of difficult for me.
1: Yeah. And I think also, like, when a lot of times we're very distracted with our phones Mm -hmm. and it's like ah, like, I'm talking to you, like, mm-hmm. don't be looking at your phone, or don't be looking at, in the <laughs> environment.
0: <laughs> if you're reading something on your phone, if you're reading a meme, you're not listening to what yeah. I'm saying. And yeah. if you smile, or smirk, or laugh when I'm saying something that's probably serious, or, um, you know, not, you yeah. know, evoke that kind of response, um, then you're clearly not listening to me. So what am I, why am I talking? Who am I talking to? Like, It's just, it's rude and it feels bad.
1: Yeah. It's like you're saying in a way, like you're not important enough Mm -hmm. for me to like, look like, attend Attend to to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Is there any more about um, the physical? Okay, cool.
0: I think that we're good on that part.
1: Awesome. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and go through my list of just like five tips on listening and Trust me, this takes a lot of work and time. And like I don't think it's something that you're going to just achieve right away. It's it's like a journey. It's like a process. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to start with five tips. And the five tips is one of the number one things I think it's really important to say is being present Mm -hmm. with the person. Like you said in the beginning, not thinking of what you're going to say, not thinking of, oh... Your what you're going to eat, <laughs> mm-hmm. not being distracted in your mind and being really present with that person through the behaviors that you, to- you said, you mm-hmm. know, because I think when we're not fully present, we're going get- to we miss something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, but I do understand how hard that is. You know, whenever I see my therapy clients and I've had like a rough day or it's just been an overwhelming day, I have to literally like five minutes before like try to like. Uh, ground myself and be like, okay, we, it's time to leave myself out the door and mm-hmm. be here just for my client. Because mm-hmm. one, they're paying, yeah. <laughs> and also they don't care about my stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I shouldn't even be putting my stuff. And if I'm putting my stuff in session, then I need to go to see my own therapist. Yeah. Uh and it's not fair to them because this is their time. You know. Sure. So being present means you know all those behaviors that you said, and also just. Just really trying to be there for that person. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times I do this too, where I when I when I listen to friends, I always have something, like you said, you hold on to a thought mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, how should I say this? And I'm like, oh shit, I'm not listening to the other part. And then I miss <laughs> something that's just yeah. really valuable. Uh the second thing is reflecting back what you hear. So this is Jared kinda touched on on that and what that means is that you have like statements like you summarize what they say, so uh, when I say that, I mean that you know you are your first response should always be to repeat back to what what the speaker said, so not really like don't think of it like you're mocking them or like parent like parroting, what do they call it parroting, Yeah you know parroting, that? Yeah. yeah, them or anything. It's just to show them that you are here, you are present, and I understand what you're saying. But also, when you repeat back what they said, you could also gain some clarity. Because exactly. sometimes we, like, get, make assumptions.
0: Um, I have something to say about that for the active listening. Uh-huh. In my notes, I have... Um, How active listening is a procedure with various steps that include inquiring appropriate queries, commenting empathetically, and verifying what the person said by summarizing and paraphrasing. So you don't want to pare it back like you said exactly what they said, but you want to paraphrase. And then often people will clarify what they said so that you can better understand them. And then that really makes them feel validated and heard.
1: Exactly. So, But you don't want it to be fake. No. So... (laughs) Don't make it robotic. Don't make it artificial uh-uh. or anything like that. Um, like, really just grasp what they say because that's the first step. Once you understand what they're really saying, then you could go from there and ask questions and do all these things. But the first thing is you have to really be present. And also, yeah. see. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll practice. So give me something that you... Just you could make up something. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, I feel like... I had a boring time, sometimes, at a one-year-old's birthday today, (laughs) and there there was no Wi-Fi, so I couldn't go on my phone to escape the boringness.
1: Wow, I, th- I guess it was really boring at that birthday party. Yeah,
0: I mean, some of the time. Some of the time it was fun, but yeah, they were... But mostly boring. Yeah, yeah. there were there were lots of uh, droughts of boringness.
1: Yeah, and you weren't able to do the things that you wanted exactly. to do on your phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so, so exactly. <laughs> I reflected back what he said. I didn't put any biases. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways...
0: Uh, We went to a one-year-old's birthday today, and you know what? Have some goddamn games for the guests, okay? Have something to do. Don't just have people sitting around talking. I'm sorry. We're just emerging adults, but that shit is boring. I think
1: that's how birthday parties are. It's mostly for the kids anyways, you know?
0: The one-year-old?
1: All the kids that were there.
0: Okay, well, the kids had fun, yeah, but what about us adults? (laughs)
1: It's not about us. Anyways.
0: I got feelings.
1: Um okay so the third thing is ask questions instead of providing answers.
0: Mm. So
1: I think in this world people just want to give advice. Me. Whether yeah that's Jared <laughs> whether it's it's unsolicited or solicited that's their go to. Mm-hmm. But I think people have good intentions. They want to help you fix a problem. They oh, want to yeah. help you you know feel better. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when people are venting to you, they don't necessarily need a solution right away. They don't necessarily need you to tell them how to do things that might even escalate the behavior. But also, it might even not want them to talk to you because mm-hmm. that's all you want to do is fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And honestly, sometimes people just need you to like sit there and be with you and just listen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like not to give advice or anything, but... Like in the beginning, giving advice right away or providing answers is not the the <laughs> number one thing that you should do. Mm-hmm. I think being curious about it. If you guys don't really um, what's it called, if you guys don't really know what questions to ask, just be curious. Mm-hmm. So, let's say we take the situation on the birthday party. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what were the boring parts? of the birthday party,
0: um, where everybody was talking and I don't really know anybody except for one or maybe two people. Yeah. And, um,
1: did you kind of feel a bit out of your element or awkward?
0: Um, yeah, I felt, uh, out of my element, uh, I felt I, not so awkward, just like, um, not alone, but just kind of, uh, I don't even know the word for it. I was just <laughs> I was just there like in the space like this is an episode of SpongeBob where Patrick is just in the white space riding this mm-hmm. pony by himself mm-hmm. and he just has this dream and he just and it's white everything is white and he's just riding this <laughs> pony that is like you put 20 25 cents <laughs> in and I felt like me I was just riding this thing yeah. just alone in the space.
1: And did you feel more like an outlier cuz
0: Yeah, I felt like an outlier yeah. because I I didn't know people outlier people, outlier, didn't know, sorry. people didn't know didn't know me. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, mm, I'm just gonna ride this one out till uh-huh. we leave. Not that I wanted to rush anybody or anything, but I just, I just, I, I just was bored. <laughs> Did you
1: have any fun times? Like, what were the fun times?
0: The fun times was when I got to jump in the jump house, <laughs> when all the kids, when I distracted the kids to get out <laughs> with, with bubbles, <laughs> and then got in there. Uh, the swings, when we went on the swings. Um, sometimes uh, when the kids were having fun, it was fun to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes talking with the other uh, adults mm-hmm. or, like, people around our age more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool.
1: See? I got so much information from you, which is asking questions. Did yeah. you feel like I was trying to fix your
0: problem? No, you didn't. And okay. you actually made my problem feel a little bit better. I so was <laughs> like, you know what? Maybe <laughs> I didn't have such a boring time. <laughs> there was more fun than I thought there was.
1: I love that. Okay, so the, the fourth tip is... Validating feelings, even if you don't necessarily agree, and um, and and you maybe not really agree with their logic at the moment. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, the, at the end of the day, your job is not to fix their problems um, right away, um, or even fix people in general. People mm-hmm. need to fix their own problems. Yep. <laughs> but to t- to validate means to tell someone that that what they feel is real. Ah to not minimize how they're feeling so that they don't feel cr- quote-unquote crazy. So, like, you might think, but what if I don't agree? Like, uh-huh. what if what they're saying is really absurd or, like, really drama, drama queen or uh-huh. whatever? Um, it's okay. You don't have to agree with what everything everyone says. But this is not about you. <laughs> this is about your friend feeling some type of way. Because even though they might feel like, a certain way and you don't agree their feelings are real yeah regardless of uh, of how absurd you think it is their feelings are real and when you aren't able to validate you're minimizing how they feel and that just makes them even more shitty yeah you know so you know you can always agree when i mean you could always validate when you think that they're wrong <laughs> hmm. um But if you go in and say, like, oh, come on, like, why are you acting like that, whatever, then you are not reassuring that person. You're just dismissing that person. Exactly. So what you can do is just validate. Tell your friend that you understand how they're feeling. You understand at this moment, this is the feeling that you are feeling. So, I mean, you could ask clarifying questions later or even, you know... Try to be at a more balanced position, but at the moment, that's not your <laughs> that's not your goal. Your goal is to build a foundation of validation so that your friend or whoever can open up to you. Mm-hmm. So this would look like um, about the situation we're talking about. Like that sucks. I would be bored too if I didn't have internet and I didn't know anybody and I felt like a kind of like an outlier or anything like. Thank you. Yeah. And I would be frustrated, too, if my phone didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So statements like that, uh, you don't necessarily have to agree, like I said. And it's not you kind of like, I think people have big egos and like.
0: Got a big ego.
1: (laughs) Think that, you know, like, oh, if I validate you, that means I agree and I'm showing and like, I'm kind of like sinking down to your level, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: But no, that's just showing the person that what they're feeling is real. Mm -hmm. And who wouldn't want that?
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) So the last tip, refrain, like I said before, refrain from giving unsolicited advice. This is really hard to do. I have a really hard time with my therapy clients because I work with kids, adolescents, uh, and sometimes you want to just tell them, stop it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even parents, sometimes. Mm -hmm. But... You know, this is not – it depends. If a person says, hey, I want advice from you, then, yeah, mm-hmm. give your advice. Um, but if someone approaches you with, like, a difficult situation, what they need first is empathy. Yeah. And if not, they will really explicitly ask for advice. mm mm-hmm. um, If you don't hear, like, I need advice, I need help, like, tell me what you would think then keep repeating the other steps <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because that is not your place. When some, it's not like, it's, it's like saying, like, oh, someone's just walking into your house and you don't, you don't invite them to come in. <laughs> like, no. Like <laughs> Plus, you also might show if, if you start giving advice right away without them asking, you might show them that, ew, like, I don't want to come to you for anything because you just mm-hmm. think you know everything or that's not what I want.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: I know I have some friends who I could talk to specifically if I really just want to be listened to. Or I also have friends who I might think have more experience than I do, and I go to mm-hmm. them for advice. Or, like, for ABA stuff, I always go to Jared. I'm like, what <laughs> do you think? Like, I should do.
0: And I, I have a problem with this one because, I like Krista has said many a time, I always got something to say.
1: Always. <laughs> I always got something to say.
0: I got advice. And I feel like as a dude... Um, I often am have, like, a fix-it mindset. Like, how am I going to fix this problem? Am, like, you come coming to me with a problem? Okay, let's fix it. You know what I mean? In my mind, that's helping. But mm-hmm. I have learned that that's not what everybody wants or necessarily needs. Yeah. So if I am to be trying to tend to the person's needs, then I need to figure out how to specifically do that because it's not always fix it.
1: Yeah. And I think, I th- like I said, it, the intention is there.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
1: also think people don't understand, like, real listening or active listening. And so, instead, they think, oh, God, like, they're talking to me about it. That means I need to give advice. like mm-hmm. And it's their anxiety trying to, like, fix it, fix it, fix it. Because they're like, oh, man, like, you kind of, like, I'm sure everybody has experiences where you're with your friends and you, kind of take on their energy, so if they're Mm -hmm. really upset or sad, like, you take it on, or if they're really anxious, or they have, like, problems that you can't even imagine. You mimic it. Yeah, you take that energy, but, and you want to fix it, and you want to help this person feel better, you know, but Uh like you said, sometimes just listening is is the first step, Um, and there's so many steps in listening. (laughs) So, you know, this is what I do as a therapy trainee, and I've also been trying to do that with Jared actually too. <laughs> like when we talk at night, or, you know, you know we have these like pillow talks where we talk about our day and stuff. And um, sometimes you just want to like tell your stuff and like you just that's it, that's it. I don't want to mm-hmm. listen or anything. But like I've been really trying really hard to just really listen and like leaving my stuff away because. That's your time, and that's also our time to, like, bond and connect and stuff like
0: that. I appreciate that. That really actually means a lot to me because <laughs> um, when it's, it really sucks when you're trying to explain something that happened in your day or tell a story about you or something that you want to talk about, and then someone just inserts their own stuff and their own stuff, and it's yeah. like, you just derailed my whole thing yeah. that I was excited to talk about, and I'm no longer excited to talk about it with yeah. you anymore because you're just making this all about you.
1: Yeah. Oh, I hate... I used to do that, actually. Um, Like, before grad school and stuff, like, I used to, like, kind of, like, my problem was bigger
0: than mm-hmm. yours. Or I understand exactly because X, Y, and T. But it's, like, that's not
1: helping. That's people just try to meeting. story top you. Yeah. It's, like, my stuff is way bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's not about you. It's not yeah. at all. Like, And that's your stuff that you have to, like, kind of work out. Um,
0: Let people shine. You know what I mean? Give yeah. people their time to shine. You're a great person, you know, I'm sure. But let other people be great people as well.
1: And also, like the whole saying, treat people the way you want to be treated. Exactly. If you treat people that way, you're going to have more people being more open to listening to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Because you're going to have that reciprocated. And that's literally a foundation of a good relationship, a healthy relationship in all aspects of friendship, significant others, family, etc. And yeah, so let's recap. So tip number 1, being present, being there with your f- with your friend whoever you're talking to and not getting distracted by your thoughts. Mhm. Number 2, reflect back what you said, what you hear. Blah. Reflect back what you hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, making statements, summarizing, clarifying certain things. Mhm. Uh, Number three, ask questions instead of trying to fix their problems right Mm -hmm. away. (laughs) Number four, validate their feelings. Even if you do not fully agree, their feelings are real. Mm -hmm. Number five, the last one, don't give advice until you are explicitly asked to give advice. Yeah. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, that ends our topic. I hope someone or anyone got something out of it but I know for sure I've used these five different tips and also the stuff that Jared talks about and it's helped immensely and it also helps you kind of like be more empathetic and like yeah yeah it's just it it changes a lot in your relationships it
0: yeah it does yeah <laughs> so I feel like we, we are going to do a segment just a tip yes um Uh, I got this from Reddit on r slash relationship advice. This is by the user pool D three ad And the question is, what's the best way to respond to someone venting other than giving them advice. And it says, I struggle with responding to people venting. My first instinct is to provide advice, but sometimes people don't need advice and just want to vent. I try to respond with some empathy, but I worry I come off as too fake. Me, Personally, I have that same problem. <laughs> I always want to fix it. I'm like, okay, you coming in with a problem? I'm going to help you. You venting? Okay, what, what, let me, let's brainstorm about some ways we can fix it. Krista has helped me understand <laughs> that I do this often. Krista, why don't you explain to <laughs> the listeners and myself, how can we um, respond to someone venting other than giving advice?
1: I think the, whoever's talking... That person has the, I guess responsibility to tell that other person first, like, I feel like you don't hear me. Mm-hmm. And I think I do that a lot with you. Like like, babe, like this is not a fix it problem. I mm-hmm. tell you right away, like this is not because I know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that helps you a lot. Yeah, it helps you like, okay, this is why we're not doing. And don't be afraid. Like if you really have this relationship with this person, like, a good relationship, or you really, I guess, um, what's the word? I just had it and it slipped right away. If you really value this mm-hmm. relationship, then speaking up and telling that person shouldn't be an issue. And That on the should be, like, you know.
0: Yeah, and on different. the flip side, if you don't know if they want advice, ask. Like, are you looking for advice? Are you looking just to vent? Like, you know, if, if you, especially if you're not sure or if yeah. you feel like when you're giving advice, it, the person is looking at you or uh, giving you vibes like, I didn't want that. Yeah. You know? Ask.
1: That's actually great. Like, set the premise. Like, hey, like, do you want to just vent or do you want me to give advice or, like, how do you want this to work? Mm-hmm. And that seems weird, but... If you do that, I think that would be so much easier, and and that way you know what you're expected of. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have advice, don't give some random advice. Oh yeah. <laughs> just just because like they ask for you advice, doesn't mean you re- necessarily have to give. Know exactly what's the answer. Exactly. You know, if you don't know, you could just you could go back to the steps of validating and helping them brainstorm about it. Don't give advice that is just like, unsound and not <laughs> effective.
0: Yeah, and go back to that asking questions mm-hmm. and being curious. Yeah. Because that can help them lead to their own answers, which are sometimes the best ways for them to get the answer.
1: That's a great point, because you are not that person.
0: Mm-hmm. No matter...
1: Life experiences are so different. You guys could go through the same thing and have different experiences in response to, like, in regards to, like, emotions and stuff like that. So... Just because you've been through it doesn't necessarily mean that you really, really truly understand what the other person's going through. Exactly. Because you're not them.
0: Yep. They are so
1: different. They have different moods. Mm-hmm. They have different values. They have different beliefs. You have to meet them at their level.
0: Exactly. You have
1: to meet them at where they're at and kind of take yourself away from it. But if they go like, oh, if you were me, what would you do? Then yeah, give advice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the way you could be as genuine as possible. And, you know, when you're saying you don't want to come off as fake, <laughs> I think that's so funny. I can see that, though. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But what you can do, like you said, is be more curious and ask more about it so you understand it more. Because mm-hmm. if you're fake, people know that.
0: Oh, yeah. They can sense that they real quick. They can sense that
1: real quick. And the less genuine you are, the, the harder it's going to be to really fully listen.
0: Exactly. Well, I think that you hit the nail on the head, and I'm happy that I was able to help.
1: (laughs) All righty. So this has been the Always Always Love love Yours podcast. I'm Krista.
0: And I'm Jared. Please remember you can email us at podcast. yours with a Z at gmail.com.
1: And remember to always
0: always love love yours. (laughs) Deuces.